Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It is so fantastic to be with you today. In today's episode, how do we grow empathy? What are the key ingredients that help us tune in to others in any interaction? This is Empathy Week, where we explore the skill of empathy so it can become one of our superpowers. Let's walk. Out and walking on this gorgeous day, feeling so grateful to be alive, standing tall, looking around. If you're new to the last 8% morning, we walk. We go for a 15 to 20 minute walk and we integrate three things. Movement, of course, mindfulness, and mental training exercises. We follow a BIG structure. We make our bed. We mindfully pay attention to our belly and body. Those are the Bs. We choose one of the I's and one of the G's. Today, it's an idea of the day because we're in empathy week. And then we're going to finish with gratitude. We choose one of the G's, gratitude or goals. So out walking, feeling our feet on the ground, Mindfulness is just paying attention to whatever it is that we are experiencing. Feeling our feet as they contact the ground, any sensations present. Feeling our ankles. Feeling our belly rise and fall. Standing tall. Feeling our knees. And sometimes when we do our mindfulness, we actually do what I call BSB. So today the birds are pretty loud. And so we'll start with belly, feeling the belly rise and fall. And then just as we finish the breath, listen for any sound and just note whatever sound. And then move to our body, or let's say our feet or our hands, whatever it is we're choosing to focus on. Right now, for me, it's my feet. So we can do BSB, belly rise and fall, sound of birds on cue, and then feeling our feet. And we can just go through that cycle, just trying to be as aware of whatever it is that we are experiencing non-judgmentally so this is the b part of our big structure feel your head and neck for a moment just check in what do you sense in your head and neck are there is there any physical sensations 
that you can bring some curiosity into. Wonderful. And now we'll check back in with the belly and body, but let's go to mindfulness of listening and reflecting. We are in the middle of Empathy Week, and we're building this skill. And what have we learned so far? That we're not born with a certain amount of empathy. No, it's more like a muscle than a trait, which means we can develop it, but it takes work. Empathy will not make us soft. In fact, research has found it means we will sell more, negotiate better, recover more if we're a debt collector, build stronger relationships, devise better strategy. Why? Because we are able to use the information that we receive from being empathetic in a way that helps us make decisions in a more effective way, build relationships in a more effective way, helps us be a better manager, leader. Colin Powell said, the day soldiers stop bringing you their problems is the day you have stopped leading them. They've either lost confidence that you can help them or concluded that you do not care. Either case is a failure of leadership. Either case is a failure of leadership. And we've done a lot of work with the U.S. Army and Navy teaching them empathy skills. And I can tell you that the highest performing Officers are those who have high empathy. It does not make them soft. They, it gives them more nuanced information to make better decisions, to manage their people more effectively. Their people come and tell them, you know, their problems. So how do we grow empathy? Well, first we need to manage our emotions. That's so clear in the literature. Why? Because it is emotions that get in our way. It's emotions that make it very hard for us to be empathetic. And in fact, I hate to say this, but empathy has been on the decline for a number of years now. And what's also slightly interesting um, as a researcher is that this decline in empathy is happening at the same time as the rise in mental health problems. And when you think about it, both of these are symptoms of burnout. I think it speaks to the pressure and expectations many of us are feeling right now, especially with COVID-19. But even if we're not in COVID-19 times, whether we're a student or we're in a new job or as a parent or at work as a manager, leader, salesperson, I think we're all feeling the need to deliver and push to achieve success. And this can cause us to have precious little energy and focus left to be able to tune into others. Know this, when we start to get overwhelmed, when our strong emotions are getting the best of us, that means a particular part of our brain, our limbic system, the emotional part of our brain is in charge. And it is more worried about helping us survive than tuning into others. It has its antennae out into our body, probing for any signs in our physical sensations to make sure that we're not at risk, to make sure we're not under threat. It amplifies the negative, all in an effort to protect us and help us th survive and thrive. So, you know, that's why we are building emotional intelligence in this podcast. There's a number of other sessions. I would suggest go to the ETA episode 
that's a great place to start to learn how to manage emotions. But this whole podcast is about managing emotions. We need a different part of our brain in charge, and that is our prefrontal cortex, which is above the eyes and behind the forehead. It is this part of our brain that has executive function, long-term thinking, the capacity to, to tune into others. What puts this part of our brain in charge? Well, mindfulness to start. That's why we practice every morning. Also, gratitude. Do you know that gratitude helps facilitate long-term thinking? making people more likely to delay gratification and sacrifice for others or sacrifice for future generations. And when we are more driven by our prefrontal cortex, when it's in charge, we are better able to build a bridge. So we'll come to building a bridge in a minute. That's the model that we're going to use. And at IHP. We're kind of proud, and that's kind of the stuff that we think is really important in our training programs to have kind of really simple tools that we can use in those moments under pressure, and building a bridge is one of those. Because the truth is that it's very hard to know how someone else is feeling, to be empathetic. Why? There is no universal fingerprint for any one emotion. We used to think there was. That's the classical view of emotions. We used to think sadness looked like this visually, or anger looked like that, or fear looks like this in terms of behavior. But new research tells us something completely different. And so it means it's harder to observe someone and expect to know with much precision how they are actually feeling or what is actually driving them. To me, this means we need a deep humility about what we think we are observing because chances are we are wrong. So we have to work harder. We have to be careful not to jump to conclusions about what we think others are feeling. So we need to build a bridge. How do we build a bridge and what do I mean? Well, many of us, if you think of, you know, you're interacting with another person, they're on one side of the bridge, you're on the other. For many of us, without really even knowing it, we are stuck on our side of the bridge, seeing things from our, through, through our lens, through our assumptions, through our modeling and training of many years. And we think everyone sees things similarly to us, and they don't. And when they don't, we think, oh, you know, they're wrong, they're incorrect, or, you know, they're just trying to be belligerent. And... The truth is, that's so far from the point. And so what we want to do is we want to build a bridge, which is to say we want to build a bridge starting from their side backwards towards us. You know, we think just building a bridge is great, but in fact we have to kind of think about walking to the other side of the bridge and building the bridge step by step backwards towards ourselves. And that's, I think, the most evocative model that can help us understand what someone else is feeling. And in fact, it takes a deep humility to do this. And there are three steps in this building a bridge. Number one, it starts with WAV, a wave model. It starts with a willingness to listen. And again, to really understand that people might see things differently. And it's not because they're ill-intentioned. 
but to just really be curious versus certain. So when you think about, you know, this model, you're coming into a meeting or with your partner or with your teenager or with your young, you know, child or any interaction with any person, think, okay, I'm going to build a bridge. I'm going to start from their side, build it backwards. I'm going to use three steps. W is willingness to listen. Just really be humble that you don't know how they're feeling. The A is ask questions. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why we want to ask questions, but foremost is because many of us jump to judgment based on less than 5% of available information. So we want to ask questions to get more information. And if we're really showing up as a great listener, you know, to be a really good listener, they will feel that. And again, they'll take the next step towards us. So W, they take one step towards us. A, because we're asking good questions, they take another step towards us. And the final step is V, validate. Again, we use questions to do this, but we validate how they're feeling. We ask them, is, you know, is this how you're feeling? Is this what you're thinking? Is this what's important to you? And amazing is that once they kind of start to move towards our side, then to jump to our side of the bridge for them to understand us is a much shorter jump. And now we can say whatever it is we want to say in the conversation. But if we really say, okay, I'm going to be empathetic. I'm going to start from their side of the bridge and work backwards towards my side. You will be amazed at how people will be so moved just by you being curious. I often ask this of when I deliver keynotes to audiences. In the next week, and I'm going to ask you to do this too, in the next week, check to see how many people ask you a question and really listen with curiosity to ask you a second follow-up question that shows they were listening. And I will tell you, it does not happen near enough. It's like we're in mutual monologues. You know, one of us is talking, the other person is not really listening. They're just waiting for us to be done for them to start talking. And then the same thing for the other person. So just check in the next week how many people ask you a question and they really listen hard enough to ask you a good follow-up question. It's like gold. And here's the thing, because I think so many people are not great at empathy, not great at listening, boy, if you just improve a little bit, it will become your superpower. So, we're building empathy. That's what we're doing. Feel your body as you're walking, your feet on the ground. Belly rise and fall. What three things do you feel grateful for? Just as you're walking, standing tall, looking around, what three things do you appreciate and can feel appreciation for right now? Fantastic. We know that gratitude helps us be more empathetic. It turns on a different part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex. And we know mindfulness does this. And in fact, we even know thinking about our legacy of how we show up turns on that prefrontal cortex, puts us in a better position to use our bridge model. As we finish Empathy Week, I want you to think that this is the start, not the end. There is so much to learn about empathy. And just every morning, 
tuning in and being more mindful, building gratitude, building your understanding of human behavior is going to help you grow with a superpower. So as we finish, I want to finish with one of my favorite quotes. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow wrote this. He said, if we could reach the secret heart and history of our enemies, we should find in each one's life sorrow and suffering enough to disarm all hostility. Have a great day.